<laughs> and actually, that makes total sense. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I know me. You know, so that that's our life mission. That's the McKenzie mission. You don't have to understand my boundaries to respect them. Well, no, I'm the president co-founder of McShane, a person of long-term recovery from substance use disorders. How do you go about fixing the damage between, in the trust between the family after you get out? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay. I gotta work on that. Like, um, celebrating my six months. Didn't have cake. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, You know what I'm saying? And then we talk about that for a minute, then I introduce you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, 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 don't crowd me there, don't crowd me. Why oh, y'all so close? Okay. I need some room to walk. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So do y'all graduate from here and go to West? You get to stay after you. Okay. I see some unfamiliar faces, and familiar faces I don't see, like with their group. Huh? They, they, they knew here, they just getting here or something? Okay. Oh, okay. Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? We back. We back. Yeah, that was the last thing I said when I was here, that we committed. 
We committed. We here every week, every week, bringing a message of hope. I I just want to remind y'all, for those that don't know, man is is twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. I'm telling you. If, if you leave out here and you take an old information with you, man, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be rough. This is 2023. 2023. The theme for the night, the theme for the night is personal growth. That's the theme, personal growth. You know, and we're going to talk about that for a couple of minutes. And then I got uh, my man here. Dynamite speaker, we're going to let him take over, you know. But personal growth, who, who feels like they have grown since they've been here? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, just here. You know, some of y'all ain't been here long enough. <laughs> but anyway, while I say that, my next statement is, when we show up here, y'all need to understand, we show up here just carrying the message. We ain't trying to, y'all know that we can't make an individual do nothing. We already know that. Whoever wrote this program out, they knew that too. You can't make an individual do nothing. You can't make an individual grow. You can't make an individual change his mind. You know, that's some shit that got to come within. So I just want to get that straight. You know what I'm saying? So when we come in here, that's what it's all about. We come in here, it's, a, it's growth for us. You know, and what you choose to do with your life, shit, that's on you. That shit don't bother me. I don't want you to come in here and be disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? But you can come in here and goddamn it go to sleep if you want to. It ain't going to bother me because that's what you want to do. And we can't make an individual do nothing. Can't nobody make me do anything that I don't want to do. That's how I used to think. You know what I mean? But today I'm open to suggestions. You know what I'm saying? Because I hear, I hear the, the chatter. I hear a lot of times when I go to these early on meetings is that everybody think they know everything. You know, everybody think they know everything. You know, the humble part about it is when you find out that you, you are wrong. You're wrong about shit because you think you know. I don't know nobody that know everything. Nobody. You know? And we come in here to bring that message, man, of personal growth. That's what it is today. The theme today is personal growth. You know what I mean? You, you don't have to stay the same. You know? You don't have to continuously dig that hole, dig that hole, dig that hole. And the reason I'm saying that, man, is because every week, man, I hear about people that still dying. Either from the use of the drug or from the lifestyle. You know? For several different reasons. You know what I'm saying? I hear about people dying. Me, man, I made a decision to get out that lifestyle. Because let me tell you, what I do know is that it's an ugly side to addiction. It's an ugly side of addiction. 
We ain't, no, we ain't gonna get into specifics, but you just tell your own story. You think about your own story. It's fun in games now. The dude was telling me what it was. He was at uh, uh, the jail. Somebody I talked to. It was at Nottaway, and he was like, "Man, these young MFs getting on my nerves." You know, getting on my nerves. You know, I said, "Well, hey, that's a good message for you." You know, don't keep coming back. You know what I'm saying? Try to do something different, you know? But the idea is, man, if we continue to do the same thing, and the fellowship, man, they call that, they call that insanity. You know what I'm saying? When you continue to do the same thing and continue to look for different results, and then you say, man, I can't catch a break. You know what I mean? Ball ain't bouncing my way. You got to help that, man. You got to make your break sometimes. You know, can't make your breaks doing the same old shit every time you get out. Man, I talked to a brother that's like, wow. This brother about almost 40 years old, man. He done did like three bits back to back to back. Didn't even stay out a year. You know, and I'm like, what, what did you learn? What did you learn from this? I heard the sister say earlier, she said, look, this is my first time in jail and I ain't coming back. You know, and, and immediately I'm thinking, well, well, my hope is that she's learning something from this. You know what I'm saying? And it ain't about me, you know, bringing the message. Because for me, you know, I know sometimes, man, I got to listen. And they call that taking suggestions. I don't know everything. And, 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 and if you look at my resume, I went to college. I went to engineering, took an engineering program. I, I can do numbers better than anybody in here. I took those doing numbers and took them to the crap house. Took them to the crap house. I'm counting dollars. I'm counting dollars. I can count some money. Yeah. You know? So I ain't dumb. But I ain't know nothing about recovery. And I doubt if a whole lot of us in here don't know nothing about recovery or doing nothing, nothing about change. You know what I'm saying? You know? But, but the idea, man, is that we can broaden our horizons, man. We can become who we are plus some additional shit. You know? We ain't got to stay the same. You know? Man, my little thing in the phone, right? This, man. I wanted to say, I wanted to read this, man. This is something that my wife sent me. And I, I done heard it before, but but she knows, man. I mean, she a part of my recovery support group. But what she said was, uh, and she got this quote from somebody, I never lose. I never lose. Either I win or I learn something. You know? I never lose. You know? And my thing is, Man, I want to learn something for the rest of my life. I want to learn something for the rest of my life, you know? And man, I, I mean, it's amazing. I was listening to a discussion people were having about who's the best basketball player, you know? And man, and, and it got some young folks involved in it. It got some young folks involved in it. And what the young folks think is, generationally, we get better. 
we get better with shit generationally. The last generation is smarter than this generation right here. That's why I told you it's 2023. If you go out there messing with some young folks that's in their 20s, it's a generational gap. They seeing shit differently than you seeing shit. I mean, the young boys 16 and 17 years old, they shooting you for practice now. You know what I mean? You ain't got to step on the shoe. You know, look at them wrong. I read a story where a dude was in the mall looking at somebody, and the guy thought he was looking at his girl. Followed him out the mall. The dude went to the barbershop. Followed him to the barbershop, went up in the barbershop, and sprayed everybody. Killed the owner who ain't had nothing to do with it. And everybody was trying to understand what was the motive behind that? You know, because he accidentally looked at somebody's girl. You know, that's the kind of stuff that's going on now. And then I, I know y'all read about it. Uh, this, this guy killed four people, uh, the family next door. The ball rolled in their yard. He was like, don't be bringing that uh, so-and-so ball over here. The father one of them told him, said, man, can you stop cursing at my kids like that? And he was like, oh, okay, go back in the house, get his AR-15, go out, come out, come in their house, and spray everybody. You know? For me, man, that ain't how I want to lose my life. That ain't how I want to live my life. You know? So this is what's happening. I told the sister over there, when you get out, man, people going 75 miles an hour now. You know? 75 miles an hour. And they ain't bullshitting. Shit is real. You know? You got a lot of people out there ain't got no hope of things ever getting better. If they ain't got no hope, they're going to take you with them. You know? Man, I mean, it's just certain things I had to learn to do to learn to navigate through life. And one of them was change. I had to change things, man. I had to change the way that I think change the way that I see things, you know, change the way that I do things. I want to live a long, healthy life, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, man, I brought my basketball player with me. Brought my basketball player with me. And this this, this is what we see, man, how we see in this thing, man, how people frame the different messages, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you look at him, he's still like, he's 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", you know? He was a baller, man. One of the best in the, his family was one of the best ballers in the city of Richmond. You go to Jackson Ward and ask anybody about him. I mean, got legendary brothers and sisters that played ball. But I ain't going to tell this story, man. With that, I give y'all Jodell. Thank you, bro. Appreciate my man, that. My Thank man. you, man. Thank you, man. How y'all fellas doing? Y'all hear me over there? How y'all fellas doing? All right. Everybody good? How y'all ladies doing tonight? All right. All right. Just make one thing clear. I can't give y'all shit but one thing. That's the truth. I have nothing to offer but the truth. I can't come in here making no promise to nobody because I ain't got shit I can offer y'all but my truth. So let's get that clear up front. Uh, 
Y'all ready to take this journey with me? Uh, let's, let's take this journey. So, I wasn't always, and the theme of my thing is coming from the darkness into the light. I wasn't always in a fucked up position in my life. My thing was a lot of self-imposed crises. I did a lot of shit to myself. So I started the journey at probably about 12 or 13 years old, trying to fit in, just simply trying to fit in. You know, it was a lot of cats in my neighborhood that I admired for the wrong reasons, you know. And by the age of probably 13 or 14, I was running around with a lot of them, doing what they were doing. My blessing was, it feel like I'm in fucking Calhoun Center. You know, if anybody's familiar with Gilbert Court Jackson Ward, it feel like Calhoun Center up here. As soon as I walked in, I said, damn, I'm in Calhoun. So yeah, this feel like home. But yeah, I started about 13 or 14, running with my dudes, but I played basketball. That was my blessing. That was my gift. You know, we all have a gift, and that was my gift. But to fit in, I still wanted to do what my, what my partners was doing, and a lot of them was doing some crazy stuff at that time. So there's a thing called abnormal and normal. So I was doing a lot of abnormal shit. You don't run from the police, jump over a fence, hide in a car, and then come back to the same corner and laugh about it. Be like, damn, y'all see how we got away from that time? You know, that's real abnormal. But to us, that was normal. That's how we did ours. Okay? So this went on for a little while, but things started to get a little more serious. By the age of 16, 17, my friends were doing a little bit more different things, such as selling drugs, buying cars, jewelry, and all that good stuff. But I was playing basketball, and I was good. I was real good at basketball. Played at JSW, had a really good career going for me. But once again, to fit in, once I got off that school bus, you had to walk in those projects, you know, you could play all the basketball you want. But people ain't respect you unless you did what they did. And a lot of times, it wasn't just about doing what they did. I liked what they had. You know, I, I wanted to have a nice rope chain on my neck. You know, I wanted to have a nice Cadillac. You know, I wanted to have a few dollars in my pocket. You know, it wasn't just enough to play basketball at that time. You know, I wanted to do what they were doing. I wanted to have pretty girls. I wanted all that shit. 17, 18, things were still somewhat okay. By then, I'm drinking a little bit, I'm partying, I'm hanging out with my boys, hustling a little bit, one foot in basketball, one foot in the streets, making me a little money, hanging out with them. But it really wasn't me. So my blessing was I escaped for a brief moment. I got to go to college, which was a blessing. I went off to St. Paul's College, played a little basketball, but me being an hour away from home and me still wanting to fit in with my boys, I used to run my ass back to Jackson Ward every weekend, make a few dollars, get my hustle on, 
do my thing. This is where the story gets a little tricky. For the life of me, I couldn't figure out why after my first year playing basketball, my dumb ass didn't go back to school. I thought hanging out with my partners, having a few dollars in my pocket, a couple of gold chains was much more enticing, much more fun for me. So I ended up quitting school. Don't know to this day why I quit school. So I'm still doing what they're doing. But if any of y'all as old as me, and y'all remember 1987, Richmond, Virginia, capital murder city of the United States, things changed in Richmond, Virginia for me. My partners were selling drugs on a higher level. They were starting to go to feds, state penitentiary. It wasn't no jail shit. I had friends that was doing 30 and 40 years. I got friends that just came home after doing 30 and 40 year bits, just coming home, just hitting halfway houses. So I came home, I proceeded to hang out with my partners. My drug use kicked in at that time. It was just a little drinking at first, you know, but then I started sniffing that powder, you know, start sniffing that powder, start experiencing some real shit, you know, and start, stuff started to get serious. People going to jail, people dying. So I'm still thinking I'm in control. I'm all right. I'm good. Had some people come up to me and like, Joe Dale, hey, <laughs> you ain't no gangster for real. You better get your ass back on the basketball court. And I'm going to tell you, the truth is, I wasn't. I really wasn't a drug dealer. I wasn't a gangster. I wasn't none of that. I was just trying to fit in, simply fit in. When my partners used to go do real crimes and shit, you know what they tell me? Man, sit your scared ass in the car. You ain't getting ready to go with us to do this. You hold a gun. You just sit in the car. It's good enough for me. And I'm going to tell you, at one point, and I'm not exaggerating about this. If anybody knows Richmond, Virginia, 87, 89, 90, I was a god in my projects. I was a god. People just gave me shit. People just done shit for me. They thought I was the ticket out of the projects. Me and my little brother, which y'all might be familiar with, they thought we was god in those projects. People used to give me dope. People used to give me money. They used to give me whatever the fuck because they think one day this dude going to the NBA. And that's real shit. But it didn't pan out that way. So I quit the first college. Somebody suggested to me that I go back to school. And I said, nah, I'm good. I'm good doing what I'm doing. I'm all right. One night, me and my partners, we out in Jackson Ward, hanging in one of our spots, doing what we doing, hustling. And all I heard was pow, 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 pow come outside, dead body right there. I got on the phone. I said, hey, you remember you was talking about me going back to school? That shit sounded real good right now. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's, let's get up out of Jackson Ward. So I end up leaving Virginia. 
and going to the state of Kentucky and getting scholarship number two to play basketball. Blessings. But like I said, self-imposed crisis. Brand new opportunity. But when I went to Kentucky, guess who I took with me? Me and all my bullshit ways. Everything I learned in Richmond, Virginia, everything I lived, learned in Gilpin Court, I took to the country as Kentucky, thinking that I was going to be safe in Kentucky. I thought, you know, Kentucky, what's the worst going to happen down me? They got horses and shit down there. Ain't nobody selling no dope down there. You know, I'm going to ride a horse or some shit like that, play some basketball. What the fuck? I, I'm going to get my life back together. Get down there. Y'all are not going to believe this shit. Y'all are not going to believe this, bro. The people that got me into school down there, they set me up. I got down there. The people they introduced me to were some of the biggest drug dealers in Kentucky. Tell y'all some funny shit. We down here buying Cadillacs. The drug dealers in Kentucky was buying horses. I'm like, God damn. They buying Mustangs. And they got horse farms, and they selling major dope. And I'm plugged in. I'm connected. I got people coming to my dorm, and they knocking on my door. I'm not letting them in. They're like, why in the hell he won't ever come out of his room? I'm in there sniffing like a damn Russian. Supposed to be playing basketball, y'all. I done went all the way to Kentucky to play basketball. And I'm fucking Tony Montana in the fucking dorms. In the country now. The school's called St. Catherine's College. Is in the middle of no fucking where. I'm Tony Montana, snipping my ass off. Money, dope, and everything. Coach asked me why I ain't going to class. He has no fucking clue what he done recruited. He has no clue. He don't have a clue what he recruited. So, guess what? That only lasts about a year. That was a done deal. I ruined my basketball career there. I came on back to Richmond, Virginia. This is when the plot gets thicker. Remember I told y'all I was God in Jackson Ward? Remember I told y'all I had all that respect? All people wanted to talk about was money and basketball and what you were going to do with your future? By then, some of my best friends had passed away. Some of them had died. Some of them got killed. All different types of things happened. So I crossed over that imaginary line and started smoking that crack. I started smoking that crack. Excuse my language, that glass dick. The God was no longer a God. The God was a piece of shit. And remember those friends that used to worship me? Oh, let me tell you a story. One of my partners, God rest his soul, his name's Goo. Never forget it. That was my dude. I'm coming through Jackson Ward. I'm thinking I'm ducking and dodging. They can't nobody see what I'm doing. I'm getting my love, buying my love, because I ain't selling no dope no more. I'm, people ain't even fucking with me no more. I'm trying to maneuver through the projects and give me a little piece of dope, keep my big brother off my ass, keep my other brother off my ass. And one day he seen me coming through the project. I'm walking real fast. He said, there goes Smoking Joe. I said, I done went from Joe there to King to Smoking Joe. 
I said, if this ain't some embarrassing shit, that right there was enough for me to say, I'm getting the fuck out of Richmond. I went back to Kentucky. My life changed in ways that I never thought it would change when I went back to Kentucky. Everything I learned in Richmond, Virginia, everything I ever done, I needed for the next 15 years of my life because I started hanging with two guys from Detroit. Shit's real. Shit's real, man. Doing shit you don't want to do, self-imposed crisis, suffering. You ain't got to just be in this fucking place to suffer. Trust me. You can suffer in here, out there. You ain't got to be in here to suffer. If you trapped doing some shit, if it got you in the fucking grips like this and you can't do shit about it, you can suffer out there just like you suffer in here. And I'm telling you, I suffered. I ran with two guys from Detroit for about 15 years, and they was major players. And guess what? The God had become a bitch. I was their bitch. I ran up and down the highway whenever they told me. I got out the bed whenever they told me. I sold dope all night when they told me. I did whatever they fucking told me to do because that's how much I like crack. And they cared about me. They always talked to me, bro, you a hustler, man. Why you, why you got to keep smoking crack? Why you can't just get money? Man, just give me my crack. Just give me my shit. I don't want to hear that. That's over. Ain't nobody in Richmond watching me no more. I can smoke. And that went on for years. You know, I used to come home sometime and rental cars and big jewelry. You know how we make wear the mask? You know how we make everybody believe? They done think Joe there done went up to Kentucky and got it together. Come down here with a rental car and a whole bunch of money in my pocket, smoking crack 40 going north. Soon as I get back to goddamn Kentucky, the money I had in my pocket goes straight to the crack man. I, I, I front long enough just to get to Richmond and back. Jewelry gone too, everything gone. Shit, and if it wasn't my partner's rental car, that'd be gone too. Shit. I just knew I was going to take a bullet for that one. Couldn't, couldn't get that one up. So, like I said, that went on for years. But guess what? God is good. 29 years old. The best thing that ever happened to me and the worst thing that ever happened to me. Best thing that ever happened to me, my son was born. Worst thing that ever happened to me, he had a daddy that was on crack. Second best thing that ever happened to me, a year later, my daughter was born. Worst thing that ever happened to me, her daddy was on crack. One of my partners ended up going to jail. One of the two dudes I ran with from the feds. He ended up going to feds. The other one looked at me and they used to call me Joe Deasy. He said, Deasy, it's just me and you. 
I said in my mind, shit, it's just you. Y'all two been pimping me for the last 10 years. You ain't going to pimp me by yourself. I know how hard I got to work now. I'm going to have to hold all the work, all the packs, every goddamn thing to get mine. So it finally happened, that break I needed. And mind y'all, I'm telling y'all, I have had so much respect in my life because I have never sold dummies to anybody. I've never taken anything from anybody. I'm one of those guys that was so trustworthy. Those guys love me so much. They could leave me around so much shit, so much money or whatever. And they know when they go on them trips and come back, Jodell ain't going to take shit. He good peoples. And I rocked like that all my life. Even back when I was in Jackson Ward. Everybody loved me in Jackson Ward because I had a good head on my shoulder. You know, I was caught up in the wrong shit. But it happened, though. It finally happened. My partner went away. I'll never forget it. February 16th, I mean, February 14th, 2009. My partner went to a weekend getaway with his girl, Valentine's Day weekend. And what I usually do when he go away, I try to get some rest, man. I'm like, I'm tired of smoking. I'm tired of ripping and running the streets. I got the crib all to myself. I can eat a whole bunch of food. I can get fat and do shit. Take a break from this shit. When he hits me up, he like, yo, Deezy, I got somebody coming through. There's a little bit of work in the so-and-so room and go ahead and serve them that work and you can take what's left and you can have that, whatever. I'm like, God, damn, I know I'm going to smoke this weekend. I'm so tired of smoking. I don't want to smoke. She comes. We smoke together. And guess what I do for the first time? I go in the room. I know where all the money at. Lots of money. I go get a $100 bill. I say, hey, Badu, go get us another thing. Go get us some more work. She go. She come back. It's probably about 12 noon. She know I be having money. She know I be hustling too, but I ain't, you know, I ain't getting the money like they getting the money. So by 6 o'clock, she done figured that shit out. She like, damn, you must be in J money. She get the fuck up. She get the fuck up out of there. She said, I'm gone. Because I kept sending her go a hundred at a time. We smoking like Russians. And then he calls. He called me about 10 o'clock that night. Bro, I know you took a hit. Go ahead and get you a, go ahead and get you a hundred dollars out there and get you, get you, get you, get you a little some work, a little something to hold you till I get back Sunday. I said to myself, shit, if you just knew, I'm already in your ass. You don't, you don't have a clue. I'm so into you right now. And I had never done that before. I crossed that imaginary line. Not only am I a crack addict now, but I'm a fucking thief. I have never stole from any of my partners or took none or went out here and sold some bullshit. But I took, I stole from that dude. I stole. I couldn't believe I did that shit. Bam. So, this is where the, 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 the darkness starts to come to light. Let me add this in here real fast, real quick. 
I had them kids, and I want to share this with y'all real fast. I had them kids, and I'm going to tell you how much of a piece of shit I was. I had my kids. I'm the type of daddy that used to take my kids to daycare with their mama and drop them off and didn't go back and get them. Mama used to get calls from the people saying, Jodell, you got to go get them babies. You can't keep letting these people call me. Nobody come pick them up. The people are going to come get us. They're going to lock us up. I did not give a fuck. I used to leave my kids, they mama, take the car, all that. All that. That's what my crack addiction did to me. I don't know about y'all. I don't know y'all's story, but I was in some deep, dark shit. All right, going back to what I was about to say. So, my partner, I took the money from him, and the next morning, I had two, two things I could do. I could either face him or get some help or whatever I'm going to do. So I went to, I, I got this guy like, five o'clock in the morning to drive me downtown. We're in Lexington, Kentucky. And I sit on the back of some steps in a church. And I'm crying my eyes out. So I walk into the church when the church starts. I'm just sitting there for all morning just crying. I see people going into the church. So I walk into the church and I ask the first person I seen, I said, I need some help. And he's like, what's wrong with you? I said, I need some help, man. I just need somebody to help me. He said, so what's wrong? I said, I need to talk to somebody. He said, hold on for a second. Let me go get somebody. So he went and got this damn intern. Some young kid, he comes up. He said, what's wrong? You okay? I said, no, I need some help. I need somebody to talk to. So he takes me into the back. We sit in the chair. I start talking about guns and drugs and dope. And he said, hold up, hold up. Let me get the pastor. Hold up. I, I can't do this one. This is just too much for me. He said, let me, get, let me get somebody that can help you. By this time, the pastor's getting ready to go on. So they tell me that I can't speak to the pastor until after the service. So mind you, I'm drunk, I'm high, I done spent a whole bunch of money, I'm hungover. I go in this church, I sit in the church, and it's a, a Presbyterian church with a whole, nothing against you guys, with a whole bunch of old white ladies in there. And my big 6'5 ass in that motherfucker, smelling like liquor, looking like shit. And all them little old ladies looking at me like, who is that right there? And I'm like, God damn. I'm like trying to hide, move my face. But that's when I knew God was working in my life. Because guess what? I stayed. I set that whole church service out. And check this out. After the service was over with, the pastor sat with me, he talked with me, and we mapped out a plan. I went and stayed at his brother's house for three days, and I had two options. I told him, I said, look, I didn't tell him I stole the money from my man. I said, look, you either going to give me some help somewhere else in another city, or I'm carrying my ass to Richmond, Virginia. Whichever you can do. So Louisville's right up the highway hour away. He made some phone calls and we went up to a recovery program called Wayside Christian Mission. And that's where my story began. Let me tell y'all something, man. 
I done seen a lot. I done done a lot. And I didn't talk about God before I got clean. But I'm going to tell you, what happened in my life, what happened on my journey is nothing but amazing, nothing but spectacular. So when I get to the recovery program, I'm getting clean. I done got clean. I done been clean for about a year. The pastor's still rocking with me. He's still rocking with me the whole time. He calls me and I call him. I call him one day and I say, hey, I'm going to get a car. I need to get back and forth to Lexington so I can see my son and my daughter. So he said, you trying to get you a car? He said, be patient with that. I got some people in the congregation that own car lots. We'll see if we can get you a good deal. So I said, cool. I said, I'm going to keep saving what I got. I'm going to hold on to it and just get at you later. So I saved some more. About two months later, he calls me. He said, hey, you still trying to get a car, right? I said, yeah, I done saved a little bit more. He said, um, tell you what, I'm going to come up there and see you this weekend. We're going to talk about it, see what we can figure out and we can get you something. So I got some friends that I done met along the way in my journey in recovery. And I don't hold no punches, y'all. They be talking about that racist shit. That shit be getting on my fucking nerves. So I'm like, I tell one of my friends, I said, look, man, I got this white pastor that's cool as fuck. You got to meet him, bro. You got to meet him to believe it. I said, come on, go with me to McDonald's. He's going to meet me at McDonald's today, man. I want you to talk to him. That man helped me get in recovery. That man sat with me for three days. That man fed me. You know, I, I blew him up. I blew him up. Little did I know what he had for me, a surprise. So we go to McDonald's, and he comes across the parking lot. He driving one vehicle, and somebody else following him. He gets out. It's a little van. Gets out. Walks up to me and said, here, go see your kids. I said, what you mean? He said, that's yours. I said, good God Almighty. I don't give a fuck what color you are. I ain't never had nobody to walk up to me and just give me a fucking vehicle and say, go do what you got to do. No strings attached. That's how my God was working in my life. May not be real to y'all, but that's some real shit to me. Not only that, he had a nerve to say, won't you run it down Lexington and I'll pay for your uh, tags and pay for the property tax. I said, shit, I ain't got no problem with that. Got no problem with that at all. I'll be there the next weekend. So, my man was like, damn. Is it like that? I said, it's like that. And guess what, y'all? I ain't never fucking looked back. 2009, February 16th, I've been clean and sober every fucking since. Every fucking since. Every fucking since. And guess what else? Them fucking kids that I neglected. My son played basketball, graduated from fucking college, my best friend. That daughter, that daughter 
Facebook me and prayed with me before I came in here. She's a fucking graduate student trying to get a fucking PhD right now. Pray with me before I came in here today. Coming from out the darkness into the light, that shit's real. That shit's real. Trust and believe. Everybody has a fucking starting point. I don't know your story, but let this shit be your starting point right here. Let it be your starting point. Trust and fucking believe. Because I ain't believing shit one time. I'm one of those motherfuckers, you got to show me some shit. I don't just believe nothing. You got to show me something. I grew up in Jackson Ward. All I seen was take, 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 take. Wasn't no giving. I'm going to read something, and I'm going to close on this. I want you all to hear this. This is for everybody in here. Everybody. And what is it? Okay. It's Peter 1. You are chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Chosen people. I had to turn my tragedy into some good shit, too. It's out there waiting for y'all, and that's all I got. Thank you, Jodell. Thank you, man. Y'all got any questions for Jodell? Anybody got any questions? Powerful, powerful Shoot, bro. message. Shoot, bro. Who? Huh? All right. Hey, hey. All right. Hold up. What I know about Ray now, I showed him how to play. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Ray, Ray was my mentor. Y'all want to know who my little brother is? I'm going to let y'all on a secret for y'all overheads. Y'all know who Kendrick Warren is? Y'all know who Kim is? Yeah, that's my little brother, the one that played for VCU. It's my little baby brother. I was the GOAT before he was the GOAT. Trust and believe that shit. He know it. He know it. Uh, ain't, no, ain't no LeBron, ain't no Michael shit. We ain't arguing about that. Jodell was the GOAT. I just had the toot before I got on the court. Yeah. How y'all doing back there? I ain't get to talk to y'all too close. I ain't want to get too close to the women. I don't know if the sheriff might get me. So I ain't, you know, I try to stay my distance. I know how that goes. How y'all doing tonight? Everybody good? Yeah, I, I was a bad daddy. I had to tighten my ass up, you know, get that shit right. We all need to be good fathers and good mothers. And we all had the potential to do it. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no little eyes, no big weeds. I'm growing every day. I need everybody in here to help me to become a better father. Point my bullshit out. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. You know what? That took care of itself. That took care of it. I was a loyal, 
trusted friend for a long time, and they knew my potential. They both always encouraged me to stop fucking up. And when I took it, I know I heard them, but this is the thing, though. I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't see them for about three years. And when the other one came home from the feds, we kind of reconnected. We started hanging out together and shit like that. He never brought it up. I never brought it up. So it took care of itself. And that's a thing from God, too. Some things, and it teaches us in recovery, some things you don't even have to say nothing about. You just pray about it and let God take care of them. Let him do the rest. He was just happy that he seen me doing the shit I was doing. He always still was trying to get me to take a drink with him, though. I said, man, I ain't fucking drinking with you, man. He want to celebrate with a fucking bottle of Remy. I was like, no, nah, bro. Yeah. I'm, you ain't getting me back like you had me. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Everybody good tonight? Man, some of y'all look familiar in here. Go ahead, bro. You know about it? Wait, wait, what's your name? What's your name? You do look familiar. You grew up around there and what? what? How old are you? So you know Elwood Kennebu and all of them? Charlie? Okay. Little Kennebu, little light skinned Kennebu? Then you know the hood. You know my peoples. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. All of them. I, I raised them little dudes. You know what I'm saying? Before I was Joe there the crackhead, I was Joe there the gangster. Fake gangster, anyway. <laughs> you just talk stuff on? Huh? You know my peoples. Yeah. I already know. If you know Ray Neville, you know somebody. Yeah. That's your uncle? What's your name? Huh? Jason. Okay. How old are you about? 49. 49? Okay. All right. Hey, Joe there. He said, uh... Oh. Damn. You from that, bro. Yeah. That's what it do. How y'all guys doing back there, man? Everybody good? Young cats. What, 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 what my lawyer calls thundercats. I'm doing thundercats. Them the ones about... <laughs> Look wrong, goddammit, you gonna come over that chair, ain't you? <laughs> Woo I see them Thundercats back there. I ain't messing with y'all, man. You got that motherfucking head cocked H deuce too. You are not getting ready to get me, brother. I'm 54 years old. I ain't got no more fight in me. I went to see George Foreman last night though. I got one more one more punch. That's it. I don't think it's gonna get there for you tat 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 though, is it? <laughs> What's up, bro? Man, let me tell you something. Coming from where I came from, man, if I died today, bro, I couldn't ask God for nothing else. I couldn't ask him for no more. Let me tell you something. All that I was chasing all my life, God just gave it to me when I was clean and sober. I'm talking, I put my daughter, a few years ago, we was in the fucking Florida in the water with dolphins, holding on to dolphins. You tell that's peace. You know what I'm saying? And the blessing is, a lot of my partners, this is the real blessing. My partners come to Kentucky, and they ask me to sponsor them. And there's nothing better than seeing a man come from the penitentiary, because I ain't do no real long penitentiary bits. That's why I say I ain't got shit to give you but the truth. Ain't nothing like seeing motherfuckers come home after 20 and 30 years for some serious-ass charges and turn their life around and get a job, get married, you know what I'm saying? All that good shit we supposed to yeah. do when we was 18, 19. Everybody can hear you. So yeah, that, that, that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Testing. Testing. It works. Hey, I'm Caribbean. 
Definitely, definitely. Uh, I got numbers. I know I don't have access to you and stuff like that, but I'll leave my number with them. If you ever decide you want to get into a program, Miss Pam has my number. If you can keep up, talk to her or something like that, I can call today and get you into one, some of the best programs in Louisville okay, today. Yeah, you can Thank speak you. with her. I have no problem with helping you at all. And there's some great women up there, too. One more. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, hey, hey. I'm back. After 30 something years, I'm back. Deuces, baby. I, I love Kentucky. I was there for over 30 years. My son and my daughter are still there. But let me tell you something about my son. Little dude, birthday was the day. You said, do I have peace, bro? My son in Atlanta right now. He in Atlanta with his little brand new little whip and his little girlfriend. Shit, I'm at peace. I'm yeah. good. He doing his thing, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what we worry about the most. When we get my age, we worry about our children. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I know my son is not out here doing nothing, uh, nothing wrong. He's doing some real constructive stuff in his life. My daughter's doing some real constructive stuff in life. So they make my job a whole lot easier as a father. You know what I'm saying? You know what we do to our parents when we do the shit we're doing right now? Put a whole bunch of gray hairs in their head. Somebody else has something like that? Anybody else? Y'all ladies good? Yeah. I ain't coming across the gun line. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about he, that. He trying to get arrested. Y'all good? All right. You're more than welcome. Yeah. Hey, hey, man, what, uh, one of the takeaways I got out of his message was when he got with the pastor, they mapped out a plan. And he just took all that prejudice, prejudice shit out the way and let's map out a plan. You see him standing here today, obviously the plan worked. What happened, too, before they even get to the plan was he put himself in a position to ask for help. And man, that's all of our nemesis. We, 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 we dig the hole, we die, thinking that, oh, I'm good, I can handle it. I mean, just a conversation sometimes can get you the way you need to go, can help you map out a plan. Let, let me tell you, man, drugs, alcohol, man, is some powerful shit, man. Cigarettes, too. That's some powerful shit, man. I don't know a whole lot. I mean, it's a few that can put down the alcohol and walk away from it. It's a few that can put the drugs down and walk away from it. But 95%, man, put that shit down, walk away from it. If you ain't got a program, four years later, knocking at the door. You depressed? Won't you go around the corner and get something? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Me, man, that's, that's, that's it, man. You know, ask for some help, man. 
Stay on board with it, man. Hey, man, let's give Jodell another hand, man. And I want to thank y'all guys too, man, because I mean, you know, I, I don't particularly find speaking at the jail something, you know what I'm saying? I know it's, it's uncomfortable for me. It might be uncomfortable for you guys as well. And I do appreciate you guys being respectful. I really do, man. I admire that, and I appreciate it from you guys as well. And you ladies, I really appreciate it, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what it's all about, you know what I'm saying? Learn to love each other and be in the same atmosphere together and coexist together. So I re really appreciate that. And I'm still looking at y'all little young guys back there because y'all looking at me kind of funny, man. Little Thundercats back there. <laughs> Thundercats. <man>. Thundercats, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah, they, I, I mean, I'm just saying today, you know, when I was in my 20s, I, I, I'm thinking, oh, man, I got time to waste. I got a couple of years out of my life I can waste. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about now. I don't know what's happening out there now. You, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going back out there. The, the, the individual that that's still digging the hole, Sometimes the hole is so deep you can't get out of it. You know? It's true. Okay. Okay. Two thumbs up. Thank God. Yeah. And I pray for you. Yeah. I pray that you stay on your journey. I'm telling you, there's a lot of good stuff waiting on you. Just keep focused. Yeah. You just don't know. Believing in the unseen is out there waiting on you. You, you have heard me say before, you know, you, you can't grasp everything, but grasp something. His theme was from darkness to light. Once he got to the light, it was peace in his life. You take that with you. You know, take it with you. Thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for coming. Thank and we'll continue to come. We'll